0: This episode of Right at the Fork is brought to you by Zupan's Markets. And we're so glad to have Zupan's with us, especially at this time of year. Absolutely. In fact, uh, just recently they had their big holiday tasting event. It was for Thanksgiving. Yeah, for Thanksgiving, which I'm pretty excited for taking everything off my Thanksgiving list because this is one of those years where I have to help do Thanksgiving, mm-hmm. and Zupan's got it all with a lot of uh, the bounty that we have right here in Oregon. And the best part about it is, you care about your family, right? And your guests? Eh, you know, some of my family, yes, some of them not so much. Okay, so here's what I
1: suggest. <laughs> Go to Zoo- get the get the ingredients at Zoopans for the for the portion of your family that you really care about. Yeah. And I was about to tell you to go somewhere else for nah. those
0: that you don't, but why not take the high road? This is the time. It is. When they go low, you go high. Ah, there we go. There it is. <laughs> and, and Zupan's definitely the place to uh, do everything you need, whether it be for the holiday meal or for any meal, they've got everything for you. And a lot of this is coming here right in our area.
1: Yeah. It's lo- it's local. And of course, Zupan's, as far as all markets go, has yeah. been here from the get-go. They're, Over 40 a years. a completely local
0: company. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've got four locations that can help you, and off the top of my head, I can't tell them, but Chris can, because they're can, in front of you. I think I can do okay, it. Okay, all right, without I, looking I, at the I, I list. I can do it without even looking. All right, okay.
1: It's easy. Uh, yes, West Burnside, right, over mm-hmm. um, as you
0: As you're just the about hill, to head up in, into, the, into the canyon we've there. We've got one in Belmont,
1: which yep. was the first Zupans I ever had the opportunity to go to a long right. time ago. And then we have one in Lake Oswego. Yep. That used to be where Wiser's was, mm-hmm. so I never, when I lived in Lake Oswego, I never got the benefit of living near a Zupan. Right. So I go back there once in a while, and then the last one is my is the is the one I shop at, it, which is McAdam. Mm-hmm. and uh, all of them are fantastic. The nice thing about it is you can go in there and with with a general idea of what you want, but you see a lot of things that are. Irresistible on the way. Yeah, and, and
0: oftentimes they have they have their professionals there to kind of give you su- some suggestions or certain pairings for different kind of foods.
1: Right, and they have prepared foods too. So I'll yeah. go in there and pick up something for dinner and buzz it out to Manzanita yeah. and have a couple of days' worth of dinners
0: too. There we go. So uh, you can uh, get all those locations online, zoopans.com. I like to say that's their fifth location, Chris.
1: Yes, well, they'll pick that up. You're, you're, you 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 want to get into that marketing
0: department, mm-hmm, badly. Mm-hmm. Zoopans Markets, eat well, put taste first, love your food. Thank mm-hmm. you. Chris, the uh, Internet still works. We're able to release a podcast day after what some might be thinking was Armageddon yesterday.
1: We're assuming that we're going to record this beforehand. Yeah. And then assume that this is going to be put out there at 6 a.m. after the election Pacific time. Right.
0: And act as if we know what happened yesterday. There's some polling going on right now that I think is pretty obvious about what's going to happen. I'm going to guess that I'm feeling pretty good today. (laughs) Um, I, on the other hand, think this is the worst ever. <laughs> no, no, I don't think that. Uh, but, yeah, no, uh, it, it's a great day to be back, uh, to take your minds off of whatever, whether whether you were into the election or whether you're happy or not with the election, it's time to take your mind away from it because you know the election cycle is going to start back up like in, what, two more days? Right. Well, we could actually have the personal chef to Mitt Romney here to talk about 2020. Ugh. <laughs> No, uh let's take a look it's not gonna few, be long it's not going to be long before 2020 starts yeah that which is true and interesting about that uh is today's guest which we'll talk about in just a minute uh he's got a project that's almost a year out. Right. By the time that by the time Bullard opens, yeah, we'll be back into the to the uh, the swing of things. God help us, yeah.
1: please. That was that was way too long and too much. So energy draining.
0: Right. It, it certainly was. Uh, by the way, I'm Court Johnson from the Kink Morning Show. Chris Angeles from Portland Food Adventures. Thanks for uh, checking out right at the Fork. Uh, one thing that uh, we probably should bring to people's attention uh, is the great resource that is right at the Fork uh, Past episodes can be streamed and found there. You can also sign up for our uh, mailing list. And, and hear about future episodes so yeah. you
1: know who's coming up. Right. But if you're, if you're already subscribed, uh, either through iTunes or Stitcher, you're going to know as they come up, you'll get push notifications, which is the best thing. But we would also love it. I don't listen to a podcast now where they don't ask you to please review yeah. or, or um,
0: uh, just review us. Or like us. Yeah. In the in the big scheme of things, downloads are awesome. So you've, you're listening, you're streaming, you're downloading. That's great. But also the, the ratings and the reviews also figure into the algorithm. and
1: They help get us more listeners and yeah. help help make us happier and help sustain the, the podcast. So yeah. we appreciate it. And by the way, mm-hmm. Court, congratulations to you and to the podcast and to all our guests and our sponsors. We've been doing some- oh. Crazy
0: numbers, and a cra- congratu-
1: then a congratulations to you as well, Chris. Oh well, I appreciate that. But no, we've had a, we've our listenership has this year. We're into the fourth quarter, yeah. so this year we can kind of safely say we've easily more than doubled, and we may end up tripling over last year.
0: Yeah, pretty excited about that. Another thing to get excited about, and I think you can probably link through right at thefork.com or just go to portlandfoodadventures.com. Is you are fresh off of your Spain trip just a few weeks ago, Chris. I just posted a blog yeah. on
1: portlandfoodadventures.com, just just the Barcelona part of right. it. But you're already talking about next year's Spain trip and Peru. The, I'm just like the elections. We yeah. have to get going as right. soon as we finish one, we start with the other. Yeah, back to Spain with uh, Jose Chesa and uh, one I'm really excited about. I've never been – I've been to South America once, the north part of South America, Never to Peru, yeah. and to go with a guy like Jose Luis de Casio at Paiche, mm-hmm. one of my, I would say, is my, as the place I'm citing as my favorite, most exciting new restaurant in Portland right now. Um, that I'm really excited about. We don't yet, by the time we have this, we may have it available, but by Thanksgiving, we're going to have details. So anybody is welcome to pop on and email me at chris at com to Ask me for more information. Right.
0: Now's the time to start thinking about your uh, 2017 uh, trip of a lifetime trips, and also uh, as we segue to our our guest today, t- start thinking about what are you going to be eating next fall, where Bullard might be a place, a restaurant that you need to go check out.
1: Right, where Doug Adams is opening a new restaurant, um, and those of you who are following at home, you will remember Doug or know Doug from Imperial, where he really made his name. Yeah. And uh, Top Chef, uh, where he competed with our own Gregory Gorday archive, episode number 60-something. Um, Should have that handy. Yeah, well, it's earlier this year. Yeah. It was in January. Yep. Um, but he competed there and, uh, and introduced himself to the world, I think. And everybody loves Dougie. There, and you can see why not only in Top Chef, uh, when you get to know him, through
0: that media mm-hmm. but today man i really enjoyed talking to him yeah, I'm, was, I'm not just saying that yeah no he's he's a guy he, he knows what he wants but he's also very humble about how he got where he is now that he could create something like uh bullard yeah and uh he, he knows his stuff he really does and he's he's uh in this
1: podcast we follow his progression um from montana to portland and uh it's really a cool story
2: Right at the Fork is supported by Upserve. Upserve is the cloud based restaurant management system serving up everything you need to know to run a smoother operation and exceed guest expectations. It's your restaurant. Run it like you mean it. With Upserve, visit upserve.com to request a demo today. Tell them you're a Right at the Fork listener and get special pricing. The Chew Dining Club. Chew Dining Club gives you rewards and intel from Portland's best restaurants. Check in at participating establishments, and you'll get rewards you want, like free pizzas, beverages, and extended happy hour deals, plus exclusive information and invites to fun food events. Chew. Find it on iTunes or Google Play. Leanne Bach of M Realty. Choosing the right realtor can make or break the buying or selling experience in real estate. Leanne Bach is in tune with the ever-changing Portland landscape, especially as it pertains to our food and restaurant world. Why not work with someone who's in step with you? Find Leanne at LeanneBach.com, L-E-A-N-N-E-B-A-C-H.com. And by Zupan's Markets, unsurpassed quality from the best meats and wines to the freshest baked goods, flowers, and craft beer, emphasizing locally sourced items. Zupans has been inspiring food lovers and local chefs for over 40 years with the very best Northwest Bounty in Portland. West Burnside, Southeast Belmont, Southwest McAdam, and Lake Oswego. Zupans Markets. Love your food.
0: You've done a little bit. They didn't put headphones on you, though.
3: Just mics all the time. All the, all the time. <laughs> They're running those uh,
0: those lavalier mics everywhere positioned on you. Yeah?
3: Non-stop.
1: And you got pretty good at that,
0: uh, at I mean, knowing you
1: were gonna be mic'd. And yeah, did you was, change what you?
3: Did you filter yourself? Yeah, absolutely. Well, because you know they can like um, chop it up however they want. Right. So They're, you're like, you're coming around a corner and you're like, ah, oh, shit, and then they'll use that when you look at someone's dish. Or like,
0: <laughs> <laughs> so did you did you always, see did you see some of that? Were you aware of? You probably knew that that's what they would do.
3: No, it was it. It really wasn't actually that bad at all. Um, I had some good advice when I went on, actually from Chris Cosentino, and he was like, just keep it positive 100% of the time. And that way you'll never have to, you know what I mean? If Because they, they bait you, they're like, what'd you think a uh, so-and-so's dish? Look a little off. And you're like, I didn't really see it. I didn't get a chance to, <laughs> instead of being like, yeah, I saw it, it looked like crap. But. That's good advice, because you
1: don't have to say many negative things in that forum to all of a sudden be hated. Be the villain. Yeah. <laughs> like, and, the, and y- when they cast for that they're looking for villains so yeah that's why Katsuji's going back man <laughs> right did, Absolutely. and and so did you have a pretty good feeling when you and when you got there who was going to be who were going to be the good guys and who were going to be the bad guys oh yeah 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 it was apparent you know right off very, the
3: yeah, bat very, very much so
1: cool and so had you and
3: gregory um conspired beforehand to talk about no. how you
1: were going to deal with this together no, and represent not-
3: portland not really at all. I mean, we didn't even know each other. I was a sous chef, so like I wasn't even in the in the circle, you know. I didn't I was a baby. Um, and then I saw him and I'm like, oh shit. <laughs> Great. <laughs> this guy's a real deal. This is gonna be really hard. And then we kinda like chatted up a little bit, but then we just kinda got close as we started as we started cooking. Oh, that's
1: cool. So did you were you shocked when you got the call? How did that happen? How did the call happen
3: that you found when you found out you were going to so, be on, on top chef? I mean the whole process was was crazy. It was uh it started with me and Andrew, my like best buddy in town, Andrew Mace. Mm-hmm. Um he was I'm sh- you you probably know him. Um we were so we've been buddies forever back from Montana. Mm-hmm. We used to cook together at a bar and grill. Um and then he he was working for Gabriel and I think somebody got word it was clear that they were looking for two people from Portland and they they really like. And
1: that's Gabriel Rucker, just so people know.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so Andrew and me, it kind of started off the like, hey, we want two guys that are buddies. You know, we're, we're looking for like that. So we started interviewing and this and that. And every day they're like, now send us, you know, a video of you cooking and 10 dishes and four menus. And it was like, oh, it was grueling. And was Vitaly on
1: board with this? Because if you got it, he knew you were gonna be gone. He was. Quite
3: a while. He was. I think he understood. Yeah, the PR value. Yeah, <laughs> and and he wanted it for me. You know, he's like, "It's what a great opportunity mm-hmm. to don't don't let this pass you by. Like this, this will only equal good things mm-hmm. um, if you if you play it right." So we kept on going, and then at a certain point, they were like, "You know, Andrew, maybe not so much you, Dougie. We want to keep talking." And then they flew me to L.A. And I was, like, stuck in a hotel room, and I wasn't allowed to leave for three days, and then I went down and did, like, a 10-minute interview with this... It was terrifying, (laughs) you know, that somebody knocks on your door, and they're like, okay, we're ready. And they took me down to, like, some basement dungeon banquet hall, and there's, like, this long table and, like, 20 people looking at you. And this British dude was, like, (laughs) talking. And then I found out he was, like, high up in Bravo after the fact, but... Yeah, and then like a couple days later, they call me and they're like, "Okay, you're you're going." I was like, uh, oh. "Do you remember where you were?" I was at that call. I was at Imperial. Um, it was like a Skype call. It was terrifying. Vito was there with me. Garrett was there with me. And then it was like, "Oh God, am I good enough to do that?"
1: <laughs> you know, that's when it hit. It was that's like, "What I wanted to know." I, I, I could I, look, were you f- <clears throat> just
3: totally terrified the abs- minute you found a- out? Absolutely. Because you just said you weren't, you know, in the circle, and you weren't right. I mean, it's so intimidating. To see – and then, of course, when you meet the people, they do this lineup when you get on the show, and everyone's like, I'm a two-time James Beard nominee, best friend. <laughs> I'm sitting there like, oh, fuck. <laughs> what, what's, your little, what's your little quick bio going to be? Uh, and I just literally got to me, and I was like, I'm a sous chef in Portland, ta da da and everyone's kind of looking at me like I'm an idiot. <laughs> but, I mean, I knew in my back pocket, I knew I'm like, I've worked for some really, really good chefs, and – I come from a very big food town and we cook hard. We cook big. Like I think if if Portland has anything over it, it's seasoning. Like we season hard, we season big. There's a lot of big, bold flavors. So I'm like, just stick to that. And you know, (laughs) (laughs) hope for the
1: best. I think nationally, just the fact that you were from Portland and that Gregory was there, that there were two guys. It was exciting. It was kind of cool. And, and that, that added some credibility to to both of you who Absolutely. wouldn't have
3: known who you were. And, and looking, that... you know, I mean I when you hear people say it's like food TV, did they alter it? I think they just cast right and they know what to expect. I mean, now when I when I watched I've only watched it once um as it came out. Cuz it's just it's so weird. But when I watched it, I was like, "Holy crap, I mean, I totally was like the underdog." I and and I look like it. I look like you know, I'm a young guy, but I got a little heart. And, but, that's and, what, but that's one of the, that's one of your endearing qualities. Yeah, totally. It worked out. <laughs> it worked out. Did you
1: have any idea? And we'll get away from Top Chef. Of course, of course. Um, but did you have any idea when you started it that it was going to lead to what it led to? Because.
3: I mean, I've always had a plan. You know, I mean, it was definitely a shortcut. But I mean, I've always like known what I wanted to do. And I'm a big believer of, you know, like visualizing and having those goals, and, you know, and again, I was, I was Vito's right-hand man for a long, I think that that's a, that it means something, and I learned a lot, I mean, he's a, he's, yeah. a, he's a brilliant businessman and a, and a brilliant chef, so, I mean, just the fact that I, I was where I was there, and then, you know, it's just kind of fate would have it when I was gone, you know, Benny, Benny left, I mean, essentially put in his notice when I was there in Boston, so. That was like literally one of the first calls I got was from Vito, um, when because you, you don't have a cell phone or anything like that for like six weeks. There's no contact. Really? That's so like then, going to another planet and being in a soundproof booth. Absolutely. How did you do that? How did that? Um. Yeah. I mean, you're busy. You're focused. <laughs> uh, but I mean, they want you to be in that state of. So stress. even in the evening when no. shooting was over, you're, no contact. You, shooting's never over. I mean, you work when you when you get done with the competition, then they want to shoot you. "Quote unquote" at home, right? And I mean, once you mic up 12 people, unmic them, because you're th- the worst part of the day for me. And the time that I'd want to kill everyone is after you know, like an eight-hour day of cooking, which is four hours before that of getting everyone. Lo- I mean, it's such a process with microphones. I mean, to start cooking, you wait for hours, and then you finally get back to the place and you have your chef coat on. And they're like, "Okay, line up." Then they remic you for your mic. Under on your undershirt, so they can get a shot of you walking in the house and taking off your coat, and then I mean, it's like the steps are just—it's so. That's when I was like, "I'm gonna fucking kill somebody, <laughs> like, dude. I need I need one cold beer. That's what I demanded every every day and when plus, we got, not
1: a big outlet. You need to talk to people. You need I know. To say and
3: this happened and fuck. And, right. You know Ex- exactly. And yeah. then I mean, it once you once you're there, it's so hard because it feels like you're working. You like forgot that the guy like. Moved your pot, yeah. you know. What I mean, because that when it happens, you're like, I, I, I need to have a word with you. But then you know, when you get home, it's like, oh, whatever. It's water in the bridge. I'm, I'm tired. But they're like, hey, remember when he moved your pot? You should talk to him about that. Like, yeah. yeah, all right. Oh, they're just trying to instigate, <laughs> right? Everything. So um,
1: yeah, it helped that you worked for Vito. You have in you have a pretty incredible Portland resume of chefs that you've worked for. Um, we have a I don't know if you heard it we have a clip from um, Greg Denton when you first went went in and oh really interviewed for that job let's play it I just want to hear your have you heard this I think so okay well let's play
4: it I hired Doug Adams um, at Lucier. his resume was not of he was in culinary (laughs) school his resume was not great I mean it was like in Mont, he did work at some places in Montana, and at Lucier, when we hired people, it was like You weren't really recruiting it was, in Montana. It I was know. like the best of the best, but there was something. And at the time, you know, we there might have been better people, but you look at it and you see passion in people, and you have to, and you have to go with that gut. And when we gave him the job, I remember watching him walk away and he totally he, he totally did the jump up in the air and like put the <laughs> fist true. in the air like and like <laughs> like he just like bought, like he, like just, he just bought a toyota like and then he, like, like he just won yeah. something and this was a long time ago and 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 he was you know he was a hard worker and he was passionate he wanted to learn more and then he we you know we he came and worked for me at metro Vino and uh he wanted to learn more, so I was like, "Come on in, I'll show you." I have no secrets, you know. I if if somebody wants to learn from us, we're gonna teach them. He's a great example of, of, and then of course, then he went to work with, you know, even a better chef, Vitaly Paley, you know, and then really just defined who he is today.
3: Wow, that's I have heard that, and that's, and I mean, in a way, I did, I did win something. I mean, that day, like I knew. And Lucier was um, was a was an interesting place, but Greg was, I mean, there's there's some about him, and I reckon. I mean, as soon as I met the guy, I was like, this is, this is who I need to work for. Um, so in a lot of ways, I mean, I did I, I, I did win I did win something with that, and then of course I did follow him, and I still do. I mean, he's just he's just the best. Uh, him and Gabby both, I just love them, and they've they've done a lot for me. Personally and professionally and all the above. So what, what qualities do you think that he instilled in you that have helped you to get
1: where you are? And then I want to ask same thing about Vitaly as well.
3: Um, Greg, Greg is a super hard worker. Um, His confidence always impressed me. I mean, anyone, and it's so funny, and I have multiple examples of this. Cooking for Greg. I mean, if I had to cook for Greg today, I would just freak out. I mean, he's just... Why? <clears throat> I... I just care so much about what he thinks. Um, especially, you know, when it comes to my food. I mean, it's just... He's just... His palate... I mean, he's just insane. He can he can pick out, you know, exactly what's right, what's wrong with the dish. I mean, I think that a lot of it... I mean, he's CIA. He's got that that very serious background, which is, you know, not super normal for Portland. I feel like he has that... That big, that big background and and technique and and he it it shows in his food a lot, um and I kind of laughed, I still laugh about OX because I'm like, it could have been any kind of restaurant would have been a hit that him and Gabby did, um it just so happened that it was a wood fire grill and you know which is amazing but if it would have been sushi, well <laughs> you they know did same though, thing. super bite so and that's something and completely different and what I love about that it's like a kind of like. You can you can get so many different experiences at Superbite. It's it's up to you. It's one of my favorite restaurants in town. It's so so good. But yeah, I mean his chops and Gabby as well. It's it's so you've cooked for them. They had to have stopped into Imperial, of somewhere course. Along the way. And that's when my cooks would all get. They're like, oh God, Doug's having a. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, <clears throat> give me the pan, give me the pan, I'll do it. <laughs> like, get out get the fuck out of the way. It's Greg and Gabby, and you know still he just makes me nervous and. It's a good thing. I mean, he's always you know, we've been through a lot, um, together as friends and professional and I you know, I've made some mistakes with him and Gabby that I that I really regret. Um, just like in the way I play things and they've always given me second chances, which I've I've always appreciated, but um that that relationship it's it's a special thing, you know, when you have mentors and you know, nothing can change that. It's it's mine forever and it's his forever and it's, it's something that's really important in this industry that I feel like a lot of a lot of kids, you know, don't give them so they, they move around so much that they don't allow themselves to which is great. I mean it's a it's a good way to go. People can be really successful, but for me it's about that relationship of of spending a, a lot of years with someone and really like learning their food and their and as a manager, I mean that's as much as he's a good chef, he's a he's the same strength at a manager and inspiring people, and and you really know what he expects, which makes it a really good place to work. Um, the standards there, and I mean the this, this the day that will always define me. So I was working at Metrovino on Pantry, <clears throat> and he was he always wanted me on the slow route, and you know I mean I was on Pantry at Metrovino for like months and months, and I was like, God, get, get, I want to, I should be on the hotline, I want on the hotline, and I just kept on it, and like, I, I want to learn grill, I want to grill, and one day, he's like, fine, cool, you got grill, Uh Friday, <laughs> and I'm like, uh, okay, okay, cool, and then, you know, and he's like, if you want, I'm not going to hold your, you know, take it, so a couple weeks, and literally, I mean, it was like two weeks later, a week later, uh, his burger is on the Metro Vino burger is on the cover of the Willamette Week for the, for the burger, and I'm on grill and literally there was a line out the door <laughs> of people waiting it and it's this burger, I mean I bet I know that it's <clears throat> it was like two two patties so you cook one to rare you cook one to mid rare you put the rare cheese on it you broil it in the stallies so they're the exact same, and <laughs> I'm on grill and the door's open and like you know 25 burgers hit. It was and it was intense. And I mean you have all the garnishes and and I just went down in flames. It was all, really the only time I've ever truly gone down in flames other than the the foie gras thing on Top Chef. But and what made it even worse so is what that what made it go down in flames? What happened? I was just it, it all happened so quick and I mean it's classic. It's hard well, What happened in the dining room? What did the
1: customers Oh, I had up, a I had was the I had
3: one burger get sent back twice. And then I mean And Greg's the type of guy, he's like walking me through everything. Like he never, he never gave up. He never like pulled me. He's just, I mean, he's, (laughs) he is where you are and I'm where I am. And he's like, come like walking me through like now, now that bad. And and I mean, at one point I put up a burger and he, he just takes it in front of me and rips it in half and it's overcooked and kind of like, oh, it was so tough. (laughs) And and then, but the the nice thing was, is that it was only for happy hour. So then that was over. And then we started regular service. And I did good, and then, you know, at the end of the night, I'm cleaning my station. And his office at Metro was, it was so, I mean, it was like his dream come true. It was upstairs, and there was like a hole in the wall. He was like back in this weird storage thing, and he could poke his head out and (laughs) look down at the line. So, Matt, you always knew at any time, even when he wasn't on the line, you know, he could could be watching you. And he poked his head out, and he's like, Doug, come up, I want to talk. And I'm like, oh, God. And then I come upstairs, and I sit there, and it's him and Gabby, and they're like, so, kind of talk me, and he was like, you know, you did a great job the rest of the night. You know, your salmon was good. And he's like, but, you know, it's not enough. Like, I, I, I'm I not going to, like, pat you on the back for doing your job. I'm here to make you better. And it was one of those, you know, I walked away from that service, and I think I, like, walked home. <laughs> you know, it was like this super intro spin. I was like, this can never, ever, ever happen again. You know, like, what do I need to do for this never, ever? Because, I mean, when it's happening, it's... The kitchen's about pride, and it's about, you know, everyone's looking at you. And, I mean, you're, I was seeing stars. You know, I'm like, you're you're sweating, and nothing's making sense. And it's almost like being in a dream, like, underwater, you know? Mm-hmm. And nothing's like... I mean, I still have nightmares. <laughs> you know, it's just... But, I mean, that day, I was like, this could never happen. Like, what do I need to do to get to the point And where... what did you need to do? What was your focus and you know practice a lot too but then you know I there was a lot in me that was like you know maybe maybe I wasn't (laughs) wasn't you know ready to get thrown on the grill but I was it was just it's organization and it's focus and it's really like trusting your leadership I think is is huge so what do you know now that you didn't know then that would have helped you oh god ask for help more you know I mean that and that's that's huge in the kitchen. I'm a, I'm a huge advocate of that. It's like, don't, I should have, you know, asked for help right off the bat. Cause once, once that snowball is that big, you know, it's, it's real hard to, to turn around. Um, organization, just being, you know, really acutely aware of what's going around you in the kitchen. And, and Noah, I mean, I should have known, cause I remember I was running on a PLOS, which is a big, you know, that's the day that you wake up and like, all right, burgers on the cover of alignment week. I should be there. Hours early, you know, like I, you just be ready. You know, it's going to happen, you know, and, and those are the days that, that will kill you in the kitchen when you, you're not ready. <laughs> so, and then you worked for Vitaly after that. Absolutely. Did anything like that ever happen with Vitaly? Um, no. I mean, there's, I've definitely let, you know, Vito, Vito's a, it was a much different kitchen. Um, and I'm, I'm really, really lucky to, have spent the time with the people I did um Vito is a uh, is very supportive and hands-on and I mean when you w- the first thing that I heard in the Paley's kitchen was no one ever goes down <clears throat> but at that time you know this was about uh, almost two years after and I was I mean I was ready to like I came in Paley's like I've been working for Greg and Gabby like I'm I was pretty cocky like I'm on fish station. I'm ready to do it, and I got I got beat up, um, because it's a much more it was a much different cuisine, you know. I mean that's like the old. <laughs> I mean you're making hollandaise with a whisk, mm-hmm. you know, every day, and if it breaks, you know you look, it's it it's hard, um, but you know coming from, when I staged first with Vito, um, I because before when at Metro Vino I used to come in early, all the time and just follow Greg around, and I know like and I got to. I love that he, he let me, and I know sometimes it was annoying for him, and he had a lot to do, and I still was like, you know, I'd, I'd have a spatula for him, and I just, and it was good. When I staged with Vito the first time, you know, um, and it was terrifying, you know, like you're I'm walking into stage with Vitaly Bailey, and I had no idea what to expect, and I come in, and he's he's like, okay, we're going to make some pasta, we're going to do some ravioli, we're going to braise some rabbit, and I'm like, yes, chef, yes, chef, yes, chef, and he's like, okay. <laughs> I mean, right sure. off the bat, he's like, yeah, you don't. <laughs> That's not let's, what this is. Yeah, let's go. I mean, Vito is very uh, emotional with his food. He's very, it comes from you know a, a real deep place. From I mean, he cooks very much uh, out of feeling for himself um, and his and his experiences, which was you know a, a little a little different for me. But I mean, I really really fell in love with it, um, and he kind of coaxed. The southern kind of thing out of me, which I'll always give him credit for. It's like, you know, it's a, you be yourself, be your think about a memory, you know, and like, and that then you'll have that that dish that will people will come back for and come back for and come back for. You know, it's not about the flash and the pain, it's about something last, you know, and, and that's kind of how Vita he's a dreamer. He's a he's he's very, you know, poetic and artistic with, with he's, everything he's that he does. He's very
1: romantic. He's the only chef I've ever known and i've been in a lot of events who's pulled out a book and read from it to to, to talk about what was in his heart when he created oh it's
3: it's it's very you know he's a he's a special guy so i was following him around and at one point you know like he he did something on his cutting board and he had to take a phone call and i thought i was like being so good like when he came back i had like his cutting board all wiped down and and he kind of looked at me and he was like that's super creepy, <laughs> you know, like, like, <laughs> you know, just like tone it down, tone it. Yeah. I mean, at one point he's like, you got the job, like, you know, you know, relax. Um, and it was cool. It's like at Paley's you, you see all that classic stuff that you don't see in a lot of other kitchens. I mean, it's, you know, we're making aioli and a mortar and pestle and there's all the steps that that's so important to Paley's place and what you get to learn there. It's, a, it's really, really cool. Um, so those
1: are two different experiences. If you had to, if you were asked to be on another TV show <laughs> and you had to bring someone with you oh, uh, man. for a for a kind of a heated timing competition, Gregory Gorday.
3: <laughs> that would be the guy. <laughs> I was okay. Um, yeah, I mean, probably he's. Yeah, well, he's got a lot of experience in that area. And Gregory is just about the fiercest competitor. Him, and I mean Benny. Benny Bettinger is another one. And my time with Benny was incredibly valuable and important and you know in a lot of ways he really set me up for success at at imperial i mean truly truly he did um the ball was rolling well did he know you were gonna succeed him i think probably um i I, Well, that's that's a good question. (laughs) I'll ask ask him about that. I mean, I think it was probably talked about, but I mean, it was definitely a risk. I was I was young. I'd only been a sous chef for two years, um, you know. So, but Benny was, and Benny is a fierce, fierce competitor, and he can, if when, (laughs) when when shit goes down, Benny's the guy you want on your side. Which is who Vito had. uh... Absol- An iron chef, absolutely. And Benny is—I mean, he's strong. He—he he can make it happen. During service, he was—I he, was very nervous to to work, to work for Benny. I mean, he's—he's he's very when, you know, he'll he'll hop on that grill and he'll make it happen himself. If you don't, I mean, he's just—he loves to cook. So if he gets—if you give him any opportunity, he will. Um, and I mean, and he won. He won. Um, Chopped chopped he yeah. won and then he did knife fight right and what I mean Benny's, he's a real deal and I mean he iron chef you know he's he's got the resume too I thought it was pretty cool that when he went to Barcelona all the pictures were of
1: him at the market bringing ingredients and home cooking and cooking
3: yeah and he's like why, why it's like with all these ingredients like why, why do I want to go out like I want to cook them I have never seen that before because I have a lot of
1: chefs on my feet I don't see them cooking as they're traveling right um and I mean,
3: that's that's Benny b man he's He's solid. That was, that was pretty cool.
0: We had a conversation the other day, uh, Chris, with one of the chefs, one of the great chefs that we have come here into the studio, and he was talking about this idea of changing the software he uses to uh, input inventory and do bill tickets and all that stuff. And it got me thinking about, like, for a lot of restaurants that have been using the same systems for a lot of years or— Or don't resta- have one. Or don't even have one. Right. There are, There are places still out there where everything's kind of handwritten. It's like old school. What a great thing it would be to have Upserve, which is the industry's largest and most comprehensive cloud-based restaurant management system.
1: Yeah, and there's a lot of data out there. So Upserve's analytics and point-of-sale solutions help
0: restaurants run a smoother operation. That's right. The great thing about Upserve is help you know which menu items are driving repeat business. You can also use it to help measure staff performance. I know A lot of people haven't even thought about like the, the system they are for inventory and for the menu. It could also help them with their staff. Right. And I would imagine, I don't own a restaurant, that there are a lot of restaurants
1: out there piecemealing this software that does this together and this. This is everything in one spot with Upserve. There are actually 8,000 restaurants
0: across the country already using Upserve services. And again, it is cloud-based, so you can be away from the restaurant and still be checking in to see how things are going. Here's a great thing. If you go to rightatthefork.com, you can click on the Upserve logo or just head straight to it, upserve.com slash right at the fork and you can request a demo today there's even a video there that will explain it all
1: right and i'll have a special offer for you because you're coming from portland and you're our listeners
0: that's right so head to right at the click on the upserve logo or upserve.com slash right at the fork
1: so when you were a kid in tyler texas could you ever imagine (laughs) that you'd be sitting in that chair talking about what you're talking about today
3: the no no absolutely not i was you know, things before really before Portland I was kind of lost in a lot of ways, um, including in Texas. I just it was it was a little hard for me. I mean I was like, you know, in the heart of football country and I'm just a little guy. Are you a cowboy fan? I am. What's it's that? been a good year. Yeah, <clears throat> I understand. I'm not I'm not really following I'm the NFL anymore. Please start Dak Prescott. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Come on. Yeah. If if Jerry Jones is out there listening, <laughs> we're, we're sure he is. Also, right? also Jerry, if you're in need of a personal chef, I I'm I'm ready to go. Oh, there we go. All right. <clears throat> um, you know it was it was tough. I just didn't fit in. You know, uh, my mom taught at the super kind of ritzy, wealthy private school, so me and my brother kind of got to go there, but we weren't very wealthy. So <laughs> and here I am. I'm like you know all my f- and I you know I just didn't fit in. You know, I didn't play sports. I always had like friends. I wasn't like, but it just it felt off to me. Um, pretty much the whole time I was there, I was like, I just don't. You know, this is, and it's a, you know, in that part of the country, it's very much ingrained. Like, you know, you, you have to do well in high school so you can go to college. If you don't go to college, you won't get a good job. You Especially won't get married. In a private school—that's the whole objective. And you know, I was just kind of like, I, you know what? I, I just didn't really know. You no, know, I, I hated school. I'm very ADD. Um, Overly medicated in high school So I mean it was just like Literally when I turned 18 I was like I don't really care where, I just want to get the fuck out of here You know so I went to Montana (laughs) And went to college And and, how did you decide on Montana um, My folks used to live there My brother was born there My folks are kind of old hippies from Boulder um, Who somehow landed in in East Texas My dad's a a, um, He's a salesman So he's in the auto industry So it kind of like He was selling, like, race car seat belts and stuff like that, so it kind of took us down there. Um, So I'd always heard, and I I love the mountains and being outside. That was, like, the one thing I did know that I really liked. And so I I went up there and failed miserably at college. I was just partying, like, nonstop. Again, it was, like, so rigid in Texas. I mean, I I still got in trouble in Texas. So
1: prep school wasn't a party atmosphere? Because everybody I knew who went to prep school in my neck of the woods, in New England, they were... They were the king. They were the drug lords.
3: Yeah, I mean, I I definitely sold my my fair share of pot and um, and in high school, you know, the, there were, but I I really didn't. It was you know the scene of like you know a bunch of cowboys and you know, it wasn't really appealing to me, too much, mm-hmm. you know, because it was just that culture. I just I didn't. Um, when I when I started meeting like you know the hippies outside of Austin, I I having a lot more fun. <laughs> Those are my kind of parties. Um, so I went to. And I was just lost in Montana and just drinking myself to death and going really hard all the time. You know, I was working at a bar and grill where me and Andrew Mace met. And what's funny is that Ryan Day, who's at the helm of Wayfinder, um, for Rodney, was actually our kitchen manager oh. back then. So it was his it's job to, small world. to corral. And, I mean, we I used to show up for brunch and, you know, take a couple shots of Jägermeister at 5 a.m. and then cook. I mean, it was roughnecking for sure and – but that's the way it's supposed to be in Montana. That sounds yeah. Like... Until you until you get a, a DUI or two under your belt. No, I mean, just, I was <laughs> just a couple, right? I was, you know, I was getting in. <laughs> the, the judge definitely knew me by name and face, and you know, I I crashed a car and literally, you know, about three weeks later was like, you know, I gotta I gotta get out of here. And I enrolled in culinary school and came out here. And then when I found the kitchen, a true kitchen, like everything just. It was like, this is this is what I always need, this like.
1: The structure that you
3: needed? Yes. And then really everything just started like clicking for me. And all of a sudden I realized like I didn't, <clears throat> I didn't need to get my, my thrills in, in ways that were less uh, legal. <laughs> right. And plus you,
1: you said you had initially gravitated towards Austin. You ended up in a city that was like a little bit like Austin. Agreed. So, so... Agreed. Um, Demographically and yeah. speaking, it
3: was. and when I picked it, literally, It was like, "Oh, it's close. They've got a culinary school." I had no idea. I mean, literally, I had no idea that, that Portland was this like epicenter. And uh, what year was this? I want to say like two thousand six. Oh, so and it was
1: just kind of starting to blossom. Mm-hmm. Arguably, you, anybody could point to any year, but yeah,
3: I mean, I was only here for, and then and then Lucier was my first my first gig really in town. So, and then after that, it was like, whoa, this is what I want to (laughs) do. And just
1: quickly, because I'm sure there are listeners who don't know what Lucier was all about. Just a quick Um, overview of what it was supposed to be and what happened.
3: Ultra Vegas, fine dining, um, great people, bad vision, fail. (laughs) um, That Karen Brooks review is like, that's like really the only thing you need to read about. I think it was called like the trophy wife, but can she cook or something like that? And it was. And and again, another powerhouse at at Lucia that I got to work with was Krista Murray. Um and I, I played at her desserts. That's quite a roster. And for it not for it not yeah. to succeed. And then even the cooks, I mean, like Yair. Yeah, oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, he was I mean, he was the, the lead line cook. I mean, you know, it was a solid, solid team. Um and, and terrifying and terrifying. But the one thing that it always like got me about that is that no one was really happy. And you know, Is at that first, because of the,
1: the Vegas vibe?
3: I don't know. I think it was just a lot of pressure, and you know, no one wants to when you have all those people working so hard, and it's not, it's, it's tough. I mean, Kristen Murray broke me at one point. I, mean, I was in tears in the bathroom. How did that happen? She <laughs> so doesn't was, strike me as the type of person that would break somebody. She's just very standards are extremely high with with Kristen, and and again, like I've never worked with someone so organized. It's she could tell if one, if the spatula was you know the little offset was a half centimeter to the left of where it should be, and and it was it was all new to me. And she, she believed she wanted me to plate her dessert. She wanted, and I was like, God, I want, I want to go, I want to go cook the meat. I want to, and here I am, like, with these extremely, you know. And and at one point I told her I was like, I don't want to, I don't want to do this anymore. I don't. And she was. You know, she's she's a tough person, cause she, her, and she's so good. I mean, I love her, and I'll always, you know, again, it's that, that relationship of I always kind of ask her her opinion and, you know, hey, I'm thinking about doing this. What do you think? I mean, she we talked about Top Chef before I did it for a lot. I mean, she's got that – she's she's big time. She comes from the big leagues for sure when she mm-hmm. came. But, I mean, one day I just – I was cutting pineapple – and it had to be trimmed, so it's this, you know, perfect circle, and then you slice it really thin, and you dehydrate it, and it comes simple serve, and comes this beautiful chip. And mine were all just coming out octagons. <laughs> she was like, you know, again, again, come on. Like, do it perfect, do it perfect, do it perfect. And then <laughs> literally I went and I was like, fuck this, I'm going back to Montana. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> this is horrible. And then, you know, I stayed with it, and, and it's those experiences. You know, I think that you're... You're defined by your failures in this industry in, in a huge way. You know, I always told my cooks that at Imperial, it's like no one's, no, it they might, but it's you're probably not going to remember the customer that comes back and tells you that the steak is, you know, perfect. It's like it's our job to do that. It's it's those times where you can't trim the pineapple correctly. I'm like, why not? Like, what's what's wrong with my technique, or why 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 am I overcooking these burgers, or why? You know that those are those are the moments that you need to remember and look back. And it's fine. It's okay. It's okay to fail. You should own it, hundred percent, and get better from it. And then it's not really a negative. You know, turn it into a positive. It's it's those experiences that will make you.
1: So you. It sounds like there are quite a few times you were thinking, "I'm out
3: of. I'm out of here. I'm out of this." In the beginning, and then I mean, I definitely that that foie gras on Top Chef. I certainly wanted to be somewhere else and. You know, and when, and you know, even when that happened, you know, everyone tells you like behind the scenes a tough Chef, they're like, just own it. Everything you do, you know, and I, and I hate that. You know, it's like, well, that's how I cook for us. It's like, no, fuck that. I screwed up. I'm really tired. I, I did not have enough time, you know, and, and I went down and, and that's own it. You know, there's nothing worse to me than a cook who knows they make a mistakes and serves, you know, don't sneak it by me and like, chef, I, I fucked up, man, how, I need to refire and let's and let's get better from it, you know. Own it. And I think it it's a, definitely Tom Calikeyal's face, and he's like, you you're aware of the falls. i was like, of course, I'm not dumb. And he's like, oh, kind of just shot yourself in the foot. But it was like, well, it was. It's not like I'm gonna sit up here and say that's that's how, how would I it cook. Have
1: been it a, more of a positive if you just said no. I thought
3: it was perfect, and yeah. it was <laughs> no, Like. You know, I did think about when I was walking to just like trip, you know, because I only had two platters, and I'm like, what if I just trip and like throw it? <laughs> and I'm like, oh, redo. I mean, I wonder how how often that happens, but you no, know, that was a a truly a, a, a horrible. I mean, at that table, it's Dana Cowan of Food and Wine and Jacques. I mean, oof. and you know, you're you're sitting there, and of course, on TV, it's like, oh, that was like 30 seconds. In real time, I was standing at that table for about 45 minutes. Yeah. And imagine. you run out of things to say, and everyone's just kind of And looking you just
1: it. wanted to be somewhere else.
3: And, and it was you like,
1: you got to be there in front of you know, and in the, millions in
3: the, of people. And in the back of my mind, I was like, you know, maybe I'll get a pass. It was my first time on the bottom, the whole competition. You know, I was very, I was the most consistent competitor there. I mean, I was either on the top or in the middle, I never was on the bottom. Um, and then, you know, that, that time, it was super, super tough, and, you know, and I, I made my case, you know, at the judges' table, they, they edited it all out, but I'm like, this is, you know, I'm going, this kid's, like, screwed up a, a brave short rib, you know, like, <laughs> I went, I went huge and I mean, I, and I kept saying, I was like, I went big, I swung for the fences, and I remember very clearly when I knew it was me, Cleek, it was like, you did, but you, you struck out, <laughs> and I was like, oh, that's, that's gonna hurt. Do you think... Your life would have been
1: a lot different had you won. I don't. I maintain that. You know, I haven't watched every season of Top Chef. I I watched watch that religiously, um, but I think you
3: and May and and Gregory all to me ended up the three winners and together. Yeah, and I mean, ultimately, what I want to do is is you know I can't say because I didn't. I don't know like what opportunities would have come my way. Um, I do know that I love I love the kitchen. I think it would be a bad move for me to to get out of of you know the restaurant working mm-hmm. in, a, in a working restaurant cuz it's just it's where I'm most comfortable and and I have the most fun and it's where I'm at my best I think and I love I love working with people I love the team I mean that's what I'm like really missing right now is <laughs> it's, uh, it's tough like in the waiting game but I think it ended up really really well obviously and I feel very fortunate
1: well, it hasn't ended up yet. It's you're right. still on your journey. Well, and yeah. It's a really exciting point in it, time it is. where you've announced Bullard.
3: Absolutely. And but
1: it's way off. So it is. And you've just spent what, a, a month or two kind of doing mm. what you I don't know what, exactly what you've been doing, but you've been having fun. I have
3: I, I have been having fun. Um I was fishing actually at uh this last weekend on Sun River. And I mean the, the best advice, Greg, Greg Denton and Vitali and Benny pretty much every chef that I had was like take this time and just (laughs) take it because when you when it's go time you know you're you're jumping from that even being an executive chef you know working 70 hours it's different when it's when it's I mean it's just a whole different ball game you know so pretty much (laughs) advice across the board was you know just take some time for you but you know I'm, I'm the type of person that every every night I go to sleep and I'm like God, it's too far off. I'm gonna, I'm gonna come back, and no one's gonna care. No one's gonna like me. I'm gonna be this, like, you know, starting you from scratch. You actually think and,
1: that? You actually think that it's too
3: that the time is no, work but against you? I'm I'm just a, a nervous type of type of guy. I think, which is good. You know, you it's it's terrifying. And again, across the board, Vito, Benny, everyone was like, "How are you doing?" I'm like, "I'm I'm fucking terrified." And they're like, "Good. You you should be. If if you weren't, you'd, there'd be something wrong." You know, you're. It's tough. It's a tough
1: business. So how much of your time is spent planning for the restaurant? When's it when's it slated to open? Fall
3: twenty seventeen. Oh, so that's a year. A year. Much. So so I'm doing a lot of consulting right now, um, for projects, which is fun. I'm helping Provenance out with some with some of their projects, which is keeping me busy. Mm-hmm. Um, one in Nashville. Um a, a few more coming up in different spots. So and and again, they're they're great that they're like, hey, just use this time to practice too, you know, build a small wares order for another restaurant and just keep that. So when it's time, you know, you're not dead. And those are the experiences that really you never get to get. I mean, you could be the best executive chef in the world and then you open them and you sit down with a bunch of blueprints and you're like, I got no clue (laughs) what, what any of this means, you know, nothing. And have you gotten to that point yet? And you have.
1: You you certainly have Vito to to talk to because you've now done it
3: twice. Of course,
1: at hotels.
3: Of course, and he's and he always makes and not only Vito but everyone is like the the door is open, you know. I mean, I went I went and said hi to Vito at um, Headwaters, you know, the second day they were open, and he gave me the gave me the walking tour, and you know, it's it's great to have those those people to call and be like, God, dude, what the what the hell is a type two system? Why is it different than a type one? I don't I'm like, oh. And then, you know, it's tough when you sit in those meetings, those contractors, they got, they're not the most patient people. So they're like, can, you know, you just look super dumb when you're sitting there. And it's like, God, I, I know how to run a kitchen. I know how to how to run the business, but I, I don't know what any of this means, you know, and it's super intimidating, but you just got to. Well, there have to be questions along the way that are, Hard.
1: Yeah, they're hard <laughs> there, there have to be some hard ones and then some wow, this is great. I get to make this decision. I get to build it the way Absol- I want to build it. It's
3: it's amazing and that's that's the most fun and, and knowing that this decision is it's not like putting a dish on the menu. I mean this will affect for for years, you know. So it's it's fun, it's scary and fun and I just feel so lucky and, and fortunate to to have the opportunity. All right, so what's your what is tell us a little bit about, about Bullard? So it's gonna be. We're, I'm still, you know, in a lot of development stage, but essentially it's gonna be kind of. I you saw some glimpses of of me. Um, a lot of Imperial was, you know, collaboration and and what I was kind of sticking to the vision of Imperial, and then every now and then you'd see some some real kind of kind of me dishes come out, like the fried chicken and the and stuff like that. So I mean, I really like the idea of Americana. I really like the idea of of comfort food. No, I mean it sounds so gimmicky to say like which is not <clears throat> um
1: but it's from your heart. You come
3: from it Texas is. and Montana. This it is, is not just And it won't be it won't be a southern restaurant. I mean, it's not going to be biscuits and gravy and um how could I have now with Maya? <laughs> yeah, no. No one can compete with that. No, it's I w- I would not want to. Um so, you know, but there there will be those elements of of me, but I mean, you it's so hard to define you know, your cuisine, because it's all, I mean, it's my time with Greg, it's my time with Chris, and it's my time with Benny and, and Vitaly, and, and everything is kind of like a melting pot, you know, you, you, you take all these experiences and you make them your own, um, but it's Portland, so it's obviously, you know, very seasonal. I got a, a really kind of fun take on a lunch service that I'm not ready to talk about yet, but um, it's going to be interesting. So, how much of how much input do you have into the actual design and look of the
1: restaurant? Um, I know it's got to come from your vision, but on the other hand, I'm just gonna
3: more, guess you're not a good you're not a great interior designer. I, I would say more than I would give <laughs> would <laughs> give me when I first started. And you know, again, you're like, oh, okay, um, you know. And those are that's what I just like. Well, what do you think? What's your vision? And it's just like, ah, I don't. know, <laughs> and, no, and and. So, what is your
1: what what does your dwelling look like wherever you live? Is it not? Ni- is it?
3: Are you proud to bring people back there? Is it nicely decorated? Yeah, it- I mean, well, now more than ever because I'm not working. <laughs> so, but it's it's nice. It's very much. Um, I mean, I I got an apartment right now. You know, I don't own a home or anything. And and when I do, I, the more it looks like a mountain lodge, the better. Well, that's and, what I that's what I'm getting at. Does it look like a bachelor pad or does it look
1: like a No. Some...
3: No, I live with my girlfriend and she 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 keeps things pretty clean. Okay. But um she's a GM of uh, revelry. Okay. She's Susie. Hi, Susie. So then as far as decorating your home,
1: I just I'm just trying to get to are you We're, at the point where I think you need someone else or that you can say, "Hey, I really like this. This is my vision." And oh, it will end
3: up looking great. Oh no no no! Well, we have we have help with design. We, I want what I kind of played at with with Imperial and what I really liked is like kind of bringing that that more big city vibe. Um, and I'm I'm gonna push that too. Um, I think that I love the restaurants in Portland, but I think that we're we're gonna be trying something a little different. Um, you know, if it's down the road when when I got my own spot and it's just all me and it will probably be more bare bones you know which which i love i think that that's what makes portland so i mean for me the the coolest restaurant le pigeon when you walk in i mean it's like doesn't need to be designed it's just it is i mean god it's just it's you then know, a- you you really feel something when you walk at least for me i mean there's not a time that i drive by or walk by that i don't you know look in the window and you it's it's such a a special you know place um it really is with that all the copper going and stuff so, you know, Portland, we 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 were going to try and do we are going to try and do something a little bit different. Um, you know, but it's still me. It's not like <laughs> those those of of people who know me and know my food. It's it's not going to be, you know, <laughs> too modern or or anything right. like that. It's still going to be, you know, very homey. So, you're buddies growing up or that you
1: that you met in Montana do they know you're doing this and are they yeah
3: absolutely I get so I get, what do they think that
1: Dougie's now putting in a restaurant at a hotel and they're they're surprised away?
3: they're surprised I think more than anything um because I mean a lot of a lot of my friends at the end of my time in Montana were like dude you, you really need to do something you need to like other than drink is that yeah, the... it's it's time because you know they're like you're my close friends are like, we, we know there's something there, you know, but you just, you're not, you're not finding it right now. So I think for a lot of them, it was just um, a bummer, but the Top Chef thing was so fun. Cause I mean, you, you get to feel that love from, you know, my hometown, like all of a sudden, like all these people in Tyler, are like Tyler, Texas. So, so I lived in Bullard, which is a little South, but we, I went to school in Tyler. That's like the big one. <laughs> and it's so funny. You're like, Oh, how did I become anything for someone from Tyler, Texas, to cheer for? You know, like, so it's it's funny, it's it's crazy. And then I would I would imagine then the folks from Bullard have to be
1: honored that you're doing this.
3: My I know, and it's when I told my mom and my dad that, my mom was like, "What?" <laughs> and kind of like, I was like, "Yeah, but I mean, one thing that's that Vitaly kind of helped me do is that you, you kind of run away from something, and I really got to." to see it firsthand with the Donette thing and I was lucky enough to to watch that get developed and it was intense. I mean there's there's certain things about your past that you kinda of run away from um for a long time and then you get to a point where it kind of just starts coming out of you. I mean, I never I hated I mean when I when I was a kid I like hated Texas. I, I wanted to be so far away and then all of a sudden you're like, well, it's it is who you know I am. I mean, it's okay that I like the Cowboys. I don't have to, and it's okay that I like barbecue and fried chicken. And how do I, you know, use the training that I have to make it, to make it mine and to turn it into something that that's me. And by the way,
1: speaking of fried chicken in Texas, thank you for that recommendation. I oh, listened. that's great. Right, I got a lot of recommendations and I went to a lot of restaurants. So I did a, what, three or four days there, which, yeah. which I guess kind of like Gary, the foodie, I tried to do <laughs> as many, I probably hit 10 places or more than that actually went to uh Lockhart and did three in an hour I couldn't eat that much but I just had a little brisket or both but Lucy's on the on the lake yes and for me the chicken was great the fried chicken was fantastic but the for me the vibe that's why I've been asking oh, man, about it's... what Bullard's gonna look like right it's
3: more than the food for me it's the of course whole atmosphere and, and, the vibe. and now you're seeing that even more I mean we mentioned revelry and tusk and and these spots that are really like you know hitting hitting that. Hitting that hard, um, which I think is a sign of like you know Portland maturing and growing, which is, which is great. Um, but yeah, Lucy's man, I love I love that spot. That's the that's my favorite fried chicken I think I've ever. Uh, well, when you
1: said that, I thought I have to go there. And not only was the, the space and it was a beautiful day, and I got to I made friends with my server. Perfect. We sat there and talked forever, and but the drive out there. It's awesome. So that's that was part of the Austin experience, right? Yes. It's not just. Yes, I, and I specifically chose. Well, you told me to go to Lucy's on the lake, but there were other Lucys I could yeah. have gone to.
3: Yeah, there's the one like on South Congress, kind of right there, and that's the one I've been to most, just because it's my brother used to live. My brother lives in San Antonio now, but man, I love I love the bucket of yeah. chicken, and then they layer the long slices of pickled jalapenos, and they get warm and salty. So when you're eating, it's like God, dude, it, that that was that was a big. I mean, I actually, was there with my family, and. I always weird them out, like when we got to eat, because I'm like getting like so <laughs> amped on it, and my my dad's like, "God, just relax." relax. Like, <laughs> it's like this, but this is so special. It's so good. It's so. And you know, in this city, it would, it,
1: there would be a little bit of an attitude about it because there's more than one, and it and it and it would have you Agreed. know it kind of chained out, right? And and uh, I still think that there's a lot to appreciate about those types of places that people look down on here.
3: Right, um, I mean, yeah, and I'm not it, talking about Applebee's. Right, no, I, I, I hear you, and I mean, it's, it's such a major difference when you're in Seattle. You know, it's like you see these guys on all these different restaurants and here. It's, it's, it's a little slower, but I think that Portland is such a great, unique. I mean, and what makes it so great is the diners. It's the, it's the people that expect so much, you know. And I think Portland still is at the point where they're. They're nervous to go to a restaurant owned by a chef who might not be there. You know, they want they want to see Gabriel on the line, and and it's tough. You know, it's because that's part of the whole Portland
1: experience. Exactly. That the was guy's what got I, a family. That's why that's why I started what I started because I identified this is the, our sports. I came out here. There's no baseball. Right. People are crazy, and, and so to sit at a chef's counter and talk to a a, sh- a chef, you can't. You know, you can't go to a ball game and talk to your favorite player, but you can sit here, and, and they f-
3: serve you food. It's pretty and it's, cool. And it's full of—it pushes us. I mean, because Gabriel is at Pigeon, and the guy's got a family. And, I mean, I was just at Chesa the other night, and there's Jose, like— Oh, my God. The running time around and a, and million, he a, puts a in. million miles, and <laughs> I love him so much. That's, He's such a great guy. And, and that suckling Iberico pig. Oh, my God. It's, it's, it's unreal. It's it so is. Good. And— um.
1: He puts so much heart into it, and, you know, I pull him away from Portland for a couple of weeks, and by the end of that period, he's getting, he's been away <laughs> for too long. You know, I can't do this. I can't be away. But um, but it's still a cool experience. So, speaking of Chessa, um that's obviously, you went and had the the pork. Where else have you been lately that you've uh, dug? That you've um, dug, Doug?
3: Let's see. Super Bite has been, has been a favorite of mine. Um... In a big, big, big way, um, I've been to Revelry quite a few times, um, which has been great, super tasty. I'm trying to think of.
1: Is there any place you've been that would not be on people's lists right now, like something off the beaten path?
3: Oh man, I've been traveling so much that when I'm home, I kind of um, let's see.
1: You have to be going out a little bit more now. You're not working every night.
3: I know, but then it's a it's a finance you got. You got to be. A, you... That's that's the so that's...
1: You, so um for bullard are they paying you now along the way do you get do you have a salary um, from them to lead up to that point How i'm that do, i'm work? doing
3: okay i'm with the consultant thing i'm mm-hmm. i'm working but i mean it's definitely not you know as steady but i'm trying to think of of some places i i desperately want to go try matt's barbecue i heard and i haven't been yet i've and been I, it's, I went on a hot day it was really good i hear it's i hear it's really 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 good um i, I really loved wayfinder Thought that place was awesome. I think it looks beautiful from the pictures I've seen, but I have not been it's there. It's cool that the patio's huge. It's a it will do really really well. Um, God, I'm trying to think of of anywhere else. Well, that's okay if you have to rack your brain. That's we don't want to we don't want to. I've been I've been exploring. I've been eating a lot in Nashville, um, a lot, and I've I've really really kind of fallen in love with that city. That's a that's an excellent city. Do you
1: think it's going to influence your cooking?
3: Hopefully, here? hopefully. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean. What Phil's doing at Relf and Daughters is is off the chain. Um, had a couple great meals at Husk, but not to betray my my Texas roots, but I really really like the barbecue in Nashville. Um, the sides, the the meat in Texas, bar none, nothing can touch it. The sides in Nashville, whole nother level. Right. And the and the atmosphere of the places in Nashville. I mean, with the like the Sonic crushed ice and the sweet tea, pimento mac and cheese. I
1: mean, it's... it's. Rodney does a damn good job with sides he, at Padna's. He does. As for a barbecue place. That's, I, that's, that, to me, was a big surprise because I was going there for the brisket and then enjoying the that sides. That
3: Texas caviar is, is my favorite. Yeah. Love that. Love that.
1: So I, I turned him on to... Uh, I actually, when I went down to Austin, the trip that you turned me on to Lucy's, I ran into Rodney Muirhead on the, <laughs> on the plane going down, which I thought was kind of weird of all the times, and... Um, and we were talking about getting together, and I found this little cart called Rolling Smoke right outside of what was Key. It was okay. Closed its closest since. That was the most I thought the best barbecue I have ever had at that cart. And you know, when you get excited, you know.
0: Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. And, and I'm, like it. And I'm
1: texting. <laughs> I'm texting Rodney. You got to come try this Rolling Smoke. And he he texts me back. I'm really not having barbecue in Texas. <laughs> Good for him.
3: I thought that was pretty amusing, and I understand it. Too. So I'm gonna what? be. I'm going to Texas in December, and I'm super. My favorite barbecue in Texas is this little place in in my in Tyler called Stanley's, and they've been getting a lot of press and a lot of um a lot of big, a lot of big big write ups, and they so East Texas barbecue is is way different than than Central or West. East Texas is very much. I mean, they call East Texas the Pine Curtain of the South, so it's very more like Old South. Um, Tyler is. Way more like Jackson, Mississippi, than Austin. I mean, it's it's a whole whole different. So, thing. what
1: would define the flavors? Is it pork, sw- pork, pork ribs, right? But the sauces.
3: I know in North Carolina, it's
1: more um, it's, it's more vinegary
3: or. These are more like sweet, smoky sauces. Um, a lot of like you know some. I mean, it's kind of a melting pot because it's not quite. Um, but the pork ribs and then the dry rub pork ribs. Or where it's
1: at. Is Bullard gonna have ribs? Or are you gonna do some of that? Just put something like I'd, that in the menu? I'd
3: imagine I'd imagine there'll be a beef rib or two. Um and some and some pork ribs here and there.
1: Cool. Well, I'm looking forward to trying it. It's too far off. It's actually gonna go quickly, right? I know, it's
3: it, it already is. Yeah, when
1: how long ago did you start working on it?
3: Um, let's see, I left Imperial in July or August, I think. So
1: So you so that was the impetus for leaving Imperial. You didn't just leave Imperial and say, "Oh, let's hope that something." No,
3: happens. no, no, not at all. It was, it was that, and and I wanted to give. It's it's tough when you leave a spot, and I don't think timing is is ever right. And I was very aware of of the timing then with Headwaters opening, and it was a, <clears throat> it was an intense decision, and it was an even more intense conversation. Um but Vitaly was obviously super supportive and I mean the first thing he said is like I'll be the first to tell you it's going to be a huge success um but it was it was tough so I I wanted to give them I mean I I certainly could have just stayed in my position and but it just didn't seem right I wanted to say like, hey man these these talks are getting pretty serious and it's it's
1: time Is there a think. conflict of interest at
3: some point do you think? If you were t- pretty far along and you hadn't told the yeah, I mean, absolutely. But it just wouldn't have been right. I mean, again, like for me, if you're if you're not 100, as soon as I knew that I was kind of working on something like Bullard, it's then I shouldn't have stayed in my position because Vitali deserves a chef who's 100%. I mean, and that restaurant demands it. And I I love that restaurant. I always will. And, and it deserves someone that's that's in it 100%. You know, it certainly needs it. That's, it's a beast of a restaurant for sure. Um, so it just didn't seem right, you know. I, I understand that. that, and that's. I think that's really cool for you to say that. I appreciate it. There are times that <laughs> that I wish, you know, I I was still cooking, but you know, it was just it was the right thing to do. If they're shorthanded, maybe they'll give you <laughs> give you a buzz. I'm sure you probably get a few of those I, calls
1: I, I, from, from from different places. If
3: if anyone is is okay, it's Vito. <laughs> I don't. He doesn't. He doesn't need help. Oh, cool. Well, um, he
1: got help, and and he's also done a lot to further a lot of people's careers. Abs- so absolutely. We're, we're glad you're here. I really enjoyed this. You and I have not had long conversations. I know, it's fun. So we have to go out and grab a bite. You have some time now. Done and Let's done. Let's do it before you're.
3: Uh... Take me to Matt's.
1: All right. <laughs> that that right. We'll do that, and we'll do one other place. One of your choices, and one of my choices. Sounds great. Cool.
2: Right at the Fork is supported by PortlandFoodAndDrink.com. The legendary Food Dude dishes up Portland food news and comprehensive guides to just about everything that has to do with food in Portland. From coffee and wine shops to bakeries and more. Right at the Fork is hosted and produced by Chris Angeles and Court Johnson. Intro music by Arielle Varinas. Find links to her music in the show notes section. Connect with us on Twitter and Instagram at foodpodcastpdx or on Facebook at Right at the Fork or online at rightatthefork.com.